This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by Core Restores at corerestores.com. Did you know contents can save insurance carriers and customers 30% or more versus total replacement costs? The ability to restore personal items after a loss offers additional revenue for your company and valuable emotionally connected service for your customers. Core has been doing contents restoration and packouts for 25 years and counting as partners with restoration companies of all shapes and sizes. Learn more at corerestores.com. Hey there, Restorers. Thanks for checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. I am excited to be rolling out a new podcast platform. I'm using Riverside now, and it is just so happens that I have a marketing guru with me who is helping me kind of give Riverside a try. He's the perfect person to have here as my guinea pig guest, I suppose. I'm with Frankie Finn. He owns Get Flood Jobs, but he also has been a big help to me in the background. He started kind of reaching out to me on LinkedIn and email and taking notice of things that were going on in CNR and has helped me move some of my brand forward in ways that I really needed help, some of my weak points when it comes to videos and other things. So I wanted to bring him on to kind of have just a relaxed conversation about marketing and about kind of those pain points that our industry feels about Am I doing pay-per-click right? Is my Google stuff all set up right? What about my Google My Business profile? What else should I be doing? How do I get noticed? How do I get the jobs, right? So I'm excited to have Frankie here. He lives in a much sunnier place than I do in Michigan. So Frankie, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to toss it over to you and have you introduce yourself, share a little bit about your background and how you've moved into the restoration space a little bit more recently. Um. Firstly, I want to say I'm stoked to be here and do this with you because you are a legend. So this is uh, super fun for me. I've been looking forward to this all day. This is a true story. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is uh, Frank Finn. And as Michelle mentioned, our company's called Get Flood Jobs. And I've been a 16-year kind of like marketing pro, but I'm, I'm relatively new in the water damage restoration space, but I'm not new to marketing as a whole. And uh, Super excited, actually, been you know get, just getting to learn all of the the challenges you guys face in terms of like standing out, getting the business in the first place, um, getting paid at all, finding quality help, and those kind of challenges. And it's been uh, super insightful to uh, to be able to connect with like some of the industry leaders like Michelle and see um, just what it's like being a day in in your shoes. So I'm 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 glad to be here. Let's start there. Okay. Share more about your background in marketing you, and agency help and all that. You've coached in different industries and other people when it comes to marketing. So share more about your background. Give people kind of your roots so they know where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I never actually woke up one day and said like, oh, I want to get into marketing. Like a lot of people ask me to, today in this day and age, like, how do I get into it? And it started for me and actually in 07, I was sitting home and as you know, Michelle, like um, I was just across the border in Windsor. Our area is largely dependent on Ford, General Motors and Chrysler's. You either work for the big three or you work for a supplier for the big three or you work for like a service industry, like a restaurant that depends on the big three. And they were announcing like layoffs by the day, by like, like sometimes like I remember in my little town, like 10,000 people would get laid off. And, and I, at this time I was trying to go get a job. Like that's where I was at in the world. And, uh, and so I didn't really have anything going on. A friend of mine reached out to me and said, that, uh, hey, I wrote this real estate course and we're going to sell it on the internet. And I kind of laughed and I was like, we? I was like, no, you wrote a real estate course. You're <laughs> going to sell it on the internet. And he said to me, well, think about it. And he hung up the phone on me. And after like, you know, five days, I realized I had gone to a job fair and the, literally the only people at the job fair 
were commission only stuff where you have to hunt for your own lunch. I'm like, I'm going to have to sell something. I might as well sell, you know, something that's my own thing. And so that led me down to this whole like rabbit hole of the, the, the magic internet monies. And, and so we ended up uh, selling a couple of those courses and sold it uh, two years later, but there was a long, difficult period as many of you guys can attest to where like, I think we made exactly zero for like a year and a half. And I still remember Mm -hmm. calling Matt all excited. I was like, someone just gave us $47. And he was like, who? And I was like, it's just it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who they are. And so eventually somebody uh, came along, made us an offer for the site, which was a couple of thousand dollars and it was more than I was making for it. And so I sold it and didn't really know what to do. And uh, as a result of this, I had to kind of self-teach myself SEO because I kind of had this like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come kind of thing. And what ended up happening is uh, it turns out like, you know, nobody just drives the Ferrari to your front porch because you made a website. And so I spent a lot of time like trying to uh, build this thing up in Google and eventually got really good. And then somebody else asked me, like, do you think you could do that for me? And I never really had any intention. And I said, sure, you know, like, why not? And that led to other people, if you can believe that back in 07, like SEO wasn't this thing you got pitched in your inbox 500 times. It was more like, do you know anybody good who can do this thing? And so I started ranking uh, websites in Google and it started actually largely, uh, I had a probably like 150 plastic surgeons across the country. I did that for for a, a lot of different years. And it led me down to this this whole kind of path of uh, now I actually like uh, I coach a few other digital marketers as well. And one of the cool things that you get to see is you get to see industries other than just restoration. And, and I, one of my mentors always said, everybody thinks I have these great ideas, but I literally just find what's working in one industry that everybody does all day long is commonplace and works for everybody. And they go, you know, if we just did this over here. Um, so I, I, I've been given a lot of credit for things that have made people a lot of money, but are often just like, hey, do you notice like every person alive in this industry gets referrals this way and you guys over here don't do anything. If we just took that thing over here, modified it a little bit, it'll probably work just the same. And so that's a little bit of my background as I've been doing this for 16 years as, as, as somebody who kind of like coaches other people as well. I get to see like a lot of different industries and what works across there. So even though, you know, obviously like my roots are in SEO and pay-per-click and websites, like I've seen it all. I've seen that. Uh, even work with some of the top people in the industry. A lot of you guys won't uh, know him, but like Jay Abraham, who's Tony Robbins' mentor and Damon John's mentor and just been down a lot of cool rabbit holes. So that's a little bit about my story, but I never woke up one day and said, I want to I want to be the SEO guy. It was more just kind of brought to me and then, you know, life kind of had a plan, I guess. So how did you discover discover restoration then? Um, it was actually, you know, it, it was a funny thing. You know, I, I mentioned to this to you guys, but just being like totally candid. Um, a lot of people were were asking, like when I was explaining things, how they work, they said, could this be done in a, like a brand new industry and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, like they have more in common than different. And I was like, yeah. absolutely. And so I was sitting down and I said, let's, let's pick a brand new industry and let's show that like, absolutely, this can be done. Like you can build a business near, you can help people, you can serve them, you can like, um, and so I had a, a talk with one of my partners just about like, hey, which industries um, like just really fit our kind of wheelhouse. And he threw out three or four of them. And I don't know why, but like for some reason, water damage restoration spoke to me. And then I spent probably a you know good like two months just reading like kind of huh? I, I call it Internet spying, reading conversations and just seeing the, the questions people were asking, the things people were stuck on and what it what it's like to be somebody because I always like think it's really important to get in somebody's shoes before you you have the privilege of even offering something to them. Because I, I think a lot of people in the internet marketing space, and I'm sure you guys have dealt with just like a shit ton of spam 
and garbage where somebody like took a weekend course and then sells you a thing but has no idea how to deliver it. I feel like the the most important step is actually just figuring out like who the people are. And I'm still very much learning that. But as far as the uh, the fundamentals of like building ranking websites, growing businesses, like that's just what I do all day, every day. And it's, it's really the only thing that's fun for me other than hanging with my kids these days. I, I get that. I get that. I don't, I don't think I even honestly knew really that marketing existed when I was in college and kind of going through, I was went to journalism school, but the marketing side, I was like, what is that? But marketing is way more fun to me now than most things. So, yeah. okay. I know something that you are passionate about. Well, I don't want to go down that road yet. So let's go back to lead generating. So you've learned a lot about creating internet leads online through the other industries you've been in. So what are some of your like maybe top three tips for restoration contractors who are thinking there's, I'm in like in Detroit is a great example where there's a restoration company on every single corner and you're marketing and trying to reach the same exact audience. So how online can you stand out compared to your competitors, especially when you're in a super saturated market? So, I mean, I'll give you three things. I mean, the first thing you kind of alluded to, and we talked about this a little bit off air, standing out. And, and when people think standing out, they think, they. I always hear the same thing where they go, well, I kind of do the same thing as all my competitors. We all do the same kind of thing. Standing out to me is the little things, not the big things. So sometimes it's like, hey, we text you. Like we text you can be a standing out. I've seen it done where it's like, hey, we're a Christian company for other Christians. Like you can stand out based on, on, on your affinities and things like that. I've seen it based on like, I actually saw one in the, the plumbing space where people complained that plumbers, like they smell, like they, they like literally smell, you know, <laughs> like, you know, from the last job, you guys can imagine what they were doing. And so their guarantee was how they stand out is like our plumber will arrive on time showered and like smell nice, right? Like, and, and you know, it, it, everybody thinks when they think standing out, they have to come up with this big elaborate claim and usually it's it's just finding some little detail that you do already um, and make it a big deal out of it. I call this frost brood hops. Uh, I think it's Coors or Anheuser-Busch. Um, for, for years, um, somebody asked them, like, how do you make beer? And this was like a marketing person who went in their company. And it turns out every beer company in the world uses frost brood hops, all of them, 100% of them. There isn't one who doesn't. But they were the first ones to make a big deal out of it. And so they got to say, like, we use the frost brood hops and like ice cold Rocky Mountain goodness and all that kind of angle. And really, they just took a little detail of their process that's like one minute out of a month of brewing a beer and made a big deal out of it. And almost always there's things like that in your company. And the best place to usually start is to ask people who've had to buy the service what they didn't like about it. And what you'll find is almost always you can come up with amazing things. I'll give you an example of this is uh, I was working with uh, years ago with a real estate attorney and he said like he gets all his business from mortgage brokers and um, real estate agents. And he said that uh, he asked them like, what do you hate the most? And they said, after uh, title companies close deals, they sit on my commission check sometimes for a month and I'm waiting and waiting, like mail my check, dude, I got a, I got bills to pay. So he created a little offer that was something along the lines of I'll mail your commission check within 24 hours, FedEx overnight. So you'll get it right away. And then all of a sudden it didn't matter how much he costs. It didn't matter. um, All of those things. There's always little details you can grab that you're doing that are different. We text, we show up faster. Um, we're 24 hours a day, we're local to this area, we're a father and son team, like whatever it is, take what you got and use it. And um, that's like the first thing, because if otherwise, like you will, 
get put in a box that says like, we're like everyone else. The second thing is in a market like ours, where they can go to Google and they can find somebody like speed is everything. So I had a rule that I developed in the personal injury space because it's very similar. Like there's so many lawyers, they'll move on. Like a lot of you guys in Michigan know uh, my man, Mike Morse. You can't like really avoid Mike wins over there. You can, um, his ads are really good though, especially yeah. compared to some of the marketing by his competitors, but continue. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, one of the things is we developed a rule that says you got three minutes to call somebody back and close it. And so I see this all the time where people will say all the leads are bad and all the things. And it only seems like that way because people have already moved on. They, you know, if, if you don't answer, they're like, they're not going to sit around and wait for the weekend to finish to call somebody back. And it's just the nature of our business that usually like when somebody calls, it's an emergency. And so developing those airtight processes where I say like three minutes is the magic rule. If somebody submits a form on your website, you got 180 seconds to call that person back or they're moving on. Right. Because like, that's how serious this thing is. So um, developing those like speed is almost everything in many ways. If, if you fail that test, you'll, you'll, what you'll find is like no amount of leads will seem to make sense. They won't work. They won't flake on you or they'll flake on you and all those different things. And then the, the third is I'm a big believer in like authority driven content, which is like partly why we're doing this right now and bringing people to you rather than like chasing it. And so I think half of your job, is documenting your job so that it can be posted. It's like, I think the, the lowest of low hanging fruit to me is before, mm-hmm. after, before, after, right? Like every single time you do a job before, after, and like then putting those proudly up on your website, you know, with all the reviews and everything else where people can see like, hey, these, these guys do good work. And the more you can nail those things, what you'll find is like with the before and after is like in many ways, the visuals sell your stuff better than the words ever do. I call it a dramatic demonstration. So like the more people can see, or if you can even like take video, but if you're not committed to like putting out the most in the best content in your area, then someone else will, and they will dominate that space. And what I find is cool thing about Google is, is like, it's basically just like a question and answer machine. Like I think people like get it overly complicated what it is, but it's like people put in their question, who's the best, you know, restoration contractor in Traverse City, who's the best in Livonia, right? Like, and all these different kind of like variations of that. Or they'll ask questions like my pipe burst, what should I do? Should I call a plumber? Or will my insurance cover this? Or how long is it gonna take? Or, you know, can can the, the furniture be salvaged, right? Like all these kind of questions. And if you want that business to be yours, every single time they Google that, you need to have a piece of content that matches that user intent. So I call it the content factory. And the people who win this game either create their own content factories or hire people like me to help build them those content factories. And it's not an instant overnight thing, but what will happen is I compare it like inroads to a city is like, um, I actually visited a city once in Peru. It's the largest city in uh, like on my travels in the world that does not have an incoming road. So it's like 450,000. You can only fly in or go up the Amazon jungle. It's a really interesting experience. You can't leave once you're in there, unless you get on a plane. And to me, like, Building authority-driven content is like building inroads to your water water damage restoration business or your cleaning business, whatever it is, so that when people are looking for like, hey, my rug is dirty and I live in Traverse City or wherever, they're going to find you. And so the more you take ownership of that, and 
and the cool thing about that, like we haven't got there yet, but like, I feel like artificial intelligence is a cheat code on that for people who haven't figured that out because you can like literally create an article a day on all those content on all the content and things that people are searching and do it in under like 15 seconds, like, and then have it like be a high quality output. It's, and so a lot of times people don't realize, and I've had people tell me this in a hundred different industries. They're like, um, they always tell me there's somebody who's better and more successful than them. And they're not actually better at the business. They're just better at the marketing side of it. And I feel like uh, you have to be the best at that as well. Like you have to make that a priority in your business. Like I can tell you, cause we, we brought up Mike Morse. Um, there's a lot of lawyers out there who do not feel like Mike Morse is the best lawyer and knows the law better than they do. But at the end of the day, he's, there's no question if you live in Michigan and you know who I'm talking about, like he's the best marketer. You see all his TV commercials, you see all his ads, you can't drive down the highway without seeing his billboard. Um, he makes sure like, those are all inroads that he's built and you don't do it like one at a, like, uh, like all at once you, you build on it and you build on it and you build on it over time. And you can like essentially create thousands and thousands of little digital billboards that all drive people to you so that when they, when they go to Google and they hit there with a problem, they find you as the answer. And, and it, it's a, it's a pull mechanism rather than a like chasing the work. And I'm not against like, you know, a lot of the things I know a lot of you guys do like working with adjusters and plumbers. I think there's a lot, like a lot of validity to those things and getting those people for referrals. But what I love about the internet, it's a giant pull machine. You can like essentially have complete strangers come to you and say, okay, I'm ready to hire you because they Googled, they found your answer to a question. They read your reviews. They looked real quick and looked at your before and after photos and said, I'm sold. And that whole process took five minutes and they pick up the phone and call you. And if you got a tight uh, closing process where you're quick and easy to, to deal with, like that's going to be you that gets the lion's share of that business. It doesn't, the, the business doesn't go to the best contractor. Most consumers have no way of telling. Like, even if you run the best cleaning company in the industry, if there's no images you have out there, there's no reviews, um, you know, like it, it most, so much of the, the reputation is now shifted to being online. But the beautiful thing about that is if you understand that, like you can control your own reputation so that when somebody Googles you, they find what you want them to find. Yes. Okay. So before we dive into AI, I want to talk about one more thing related to all this lead generation discussion. So speak a little bit to how much personality or personal or company brand is to the digital marketing component, right? Because on Google, you might not be able to have so much of a personality, but on your social pages or YouTube or whatever that may be, if you just have straight, dry business stuff that's not as engaging, right, as having some stuff that gives some more recognition to your company, who you are, your values, that you care about your people, those kind of things, right? Like I was thinking about Mike Morris. That was a, he's a good example. Sorry to people who don't know Mike Morris and we're going to keep talking about him, but like his mom's in some of his commercials, right? So yeah. that's kind of an interesting thing that he's done. Whereas there are some other attorneys that just plaster their face this big on a billboard and just say, call me. It's like, yeah, the glorified business card with the arms folded. And I think I, I, this is universally something I see across industries where people think marketing is, is creating a digital business card and then putting the business card out there. So it'll say, Michelle Blevins and Associates, we do blank, blank and blank. Call now, right? Like in, established 1985, right? Like if they're even that good. And as you mentioned, like so much of it, people want to buy from other people. Like there's a reason like, for those of you guys who've never seen, like Mike Morris puts his mom in his, his commercials because people want to buy from people like if you think about like yep. the, the the opposite of that is a big faceless company like an insurance company but geico makes sure that they got that gecko in every commercial because they want you to associate 
their brand with a character. I've seen this done so many different ways, but what a lot of people don't uh, are afraid of, I think more than anything, they think if I put my personality out there, how I really am and the stuff I'm really into and I'm like real and I have kids and, you know, like we're human beings and we go to the bathroom and all those kind of things that people won't like me and they won't buy from me. And it's almost always the opposite effect because they don't want to buy from big faceless companies where they can't really like get a human being. And if something goes wrong, um, the opposite is true. They want to know that they're buying from somebody who's like them that lives in their area and shares the same kind of, you know, values and wants some of the same things. And so the way I say that is like, be unapologetically you. And, and as you mentioned, Michelle, like, especially on social, don't be afraid to go well outside the lines of business. Yeah. I found that like a lot of the, um, the, the best performing stuff. So like for, for me, like in, in, in our agency, like I put a lot of like, because I grew up watching nineties wrestling and like 2000. So I have like stupid Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair references and stuff. And a lot of my stuff. And you would be amazed that people come to me. In fact, I can actually remember a, a client that we've been working with for like five years now. I sign all my emails, may the force be with you. And actually it's funny cause I'm not even that huge of a star Wars fan. I just didn't know how to, to sign off the email is like, everybody has these cool signatures. So I'm like, I just want to write, I wrote, may the force be with me. And he called me up and he was like, well, I'm ready to work with you. And I said, okay, I said, okay, like, what are we doing together? And what happened? And he said, well, all I know is you sign your emails, may the force be with you. And so I knew you were the guy for me to work with because of that. And so a lot of times you think if you put that stuff out there, like the cheesy stuff you're into the movies, the social, like I see this cause I, I you know, we mentioned, I, I worked a lot of years in, in personal injury is lawyers are, excuse my language, but fucking boring, right? And and the and the, like talking about the law is boring, and the average person does not care. Uh-huh. And so the the lawyers who I see who like win the most with social are doing like Thanksgiving turkey drives and putting out like, hey, we just did a little event, and they're going around and they're passing out swag and T-shirts, and they're going to the school, and it's it's by design, right? Like it's not like they're just like your neighborhood friendly lawyer. It's all like a marketing and PR stunt. Like there's a reason why they film it, right? It's not like they just woke up one day and said, I want to give turkeys to the homeless. They're like, this works better as a commercial than me saying I'm awesome and I'm a great lawyer because how do I say I care about people other than demonstrating I care about people? And so that's my way of saying like, put your personality in your stuff because people want to see it. Like if you got kids, like put your kids in it. Like all my kids are in my stuff. Um, whatever you, whatever shows you watch, they probably watch the same shows. Like whatever you do on your downtime, like they want to get to know you as a person. In fact, I've seen this, uh, you know, just because we mentioned this, uh, a client comes to mind who uh, he he served in the uh, the military since we're recording this just a day after Memorial Day. And he mentioned that in one of his ads one time. And people said, like, I hired you because, you know, um, you served. And then he started putting it in everything. And, like, people call him because of that. Not because they think he's, like, the best cleaning company in 48 counties. It's because, like, hey, I want to work with you because I relate to you and what you stand for. And so, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, but it'll it'll piss off some people. And you probably will. But that's, believe it or not, that's actually what you want. You want to push away people that are a bad fit, that are going to complain and leave you bad reviews. And you want what I call MKP, which are my kind of people. And there's a hidden metric where when you put yourself out there, like you'll actually just naturally attract MKP, like your kind of people. And and ultimately, you'll have happier, more raving, more referral kind of customers because or clients because like the work that comes out of that is like they'll be pre-sold on you and and almost always they'll like they'll tell their friends who are like them and and so 
like standing out, like there's, there's only you. So like, that's why I say like it, it, a lot of people are afraid the first time they put their personality out there. But once I find once you do it, um, it's just, it's just better for business and it's more fun to make stuff. Cause you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. I totally agree with that. I love all of that. And for people who are listening, I'll throw out another um, lawyer reference then for pe that people will recognize Ed Cross. He is a great example in the restoration industry of a lawyer who has thought outside the box and made their marketing kind of anything but boring. Some of it is yeah. on the more professional side, but then he's not afraid to own his rock starness. Yes. Yeah. And can I just say, like, we were talking about the the event you just got back from, and I asked you how the event was, and you didn't say, like, great speakers and great content, and I learned so much. You said, like, oh, we got together at Blake Shelton's bar, right? Like, that's the kind of thing people remember. And yeah. it's, it's true of your company, too, right? Like, uh, Yes. Yes. It's, it is, it's about the people and people buy from people. Like you said, that's, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily something that is going to go away and people know so quickly whether they're going to buy from you or not. Those first few seconds of interaction, they know whether they're going to trust you and buy from you or not. So, okay, let's talk about AI. I know that that's a spot that you are passionate in. And I also know that contractors are always talking to me about like, yeah, I guess I could write a blog in chat GPT, but how do I know it's going to be right? How do I know it's going to be good? Is that really more work? Should I really be trusting the AI, AI blah, 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 blah. You know where all that's going. So where do you think AI is going and how do you think contractors could be leveraging it in ways that are going to be effective and not damaging? Cause I think that's where the biggest fear lies right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't, firstly, I want to preface this, but I don't have a crystal ball, but I'll just tell you what I believe on this to be true is if you had told people 25 years ago that the internet was going to be a thing where everybody, you know, is going to be stored on there. All the stuff you buy is going to be from there. How you research and look up stuff was all going to be done through the internet. You would carry it around in your hand 24 seven. Um, they would have said no way, right? Like, no, I I've seen this little Yahoo website and it's cool for news, but that's about it. Like that's, that's what the internet was 25 years ago. I think in many ways, this is what, what's happening right now is bigger and it'll be five or 10 years before the average person realizes it. Now, the reason I say that, because if you're sitting there and you're a contractor and you're saying like, how can I use AI in my business or where does it even fit in? It probably doesn't feel like it even really has a place in there yet. But I'm here to tell you that what you can do is pioneer and lead that curve long before everyone else. You would ask for a way to stand out. Like this is one of the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. It's just learn how to use this stuff. And where I feel like it has changed the game is the ability to create and mass produce content. As we mentioned, Google as a question and answer machine. So I'll give you guys a little exercise that anyone can do. And I did this in chat GPT in under a minute. So I said, I created a, con uh, a water damage restoration uh, company and we offer these seven services. Listed them. Said, please suggest to me. Thing, questions people ask about these seven services and I had to put it in a table and then I went and spit out a table and said, match the services with a question. And I said, now for each of those questions, can you add a second uh, or uh, another uh, column to the table and give me a list of people things Google about those questions and it went and it spit it out. And it told me essentially like the 150 most commonly Googled things about what I do. Right. So even before you say like, hey, can I trust the content? Like, let's just talk about what that would have taken you as a research tool. I can tell you as a guy who's like done this for 16 years, there's been a lot of evolution, a lot of tools. There was no tool that let me do that in under a minute. Like mm -hmm. that, that's an hour's worth of what we would call keyword research. 
uh, in the industry and then checking out competition and all those kind of things. And then I could take that column and I could say, these are the 25 different geographies I serve, like this county, this little city over here. Can you mix and match keywords? And all of a sudden it would give me like 2,500 different content ideas. And like literally my blog post for the next 10 years, I already know what I'm going to write about and I already know what I'm going to distribute. You can like literally do a blog a day. Now that used to be a mountain of work. Like what I'm describing used to be like a real serious mountain of work. In fact, I was actually like, cause Michelle mentioned it just as a thing. Like I suggested that uh, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok are all moving towards these vertical short videos. And so mm-hmm. um, for any of you guys have done video editing ever in your life, like it's a mountain of work. It's a lot of clicking buttons, moving stuff around, dragging and, in her, and uh, all of that. And then on top of it, like, when you produce the video, your, your computer's like basically like not usable for an hour or two or like goes into this like crazy hyperactive mode. Well, I just fed some of her videos to an AI tool and it chopped it up into like 10 or 15 videos and it was done in under like four minutes. And, and, and there's nothing I have to do in those four minutes. It just says, wait four minutes and we'll spit them out. And like, just like that, we turned one long video into 10 or 15 videos. So for those of you guys who are in the content game, like you're generating business online, you basically got like, 10 permanent virtual assistant kind of help that will work for you around the clock for free and knows like how to do what you want to do. So we mentioned like the, the 2,500 different like things you could be writing about and the variations of that. Like you can just go to chat GPT and feed it to you. Can Google tell the difference? Will this ultimately harm your brand? Um, I don't think so because I'll tell you, I actually just as a fun little exercise, this is in a different industry, so I'm not going to like name any names, but I submitted a artificial intelligence generated piece to a magazine editor. And then at the end of it said, like, the first half of this was written by AI and the second half was written by me. Could you tell the difference? And they went, they were mind blown because they were like, no, I couldn't actually. And so I, I don't think of it. If a human can't tell, I don't think Google can tell. I mean, chat GPT, if, if you use it like kind of right out of the box, as most people do, kind of does leave a little bit of a trail. But chat GPT is like 10% of what people have even realized. Like there, there are other tools, for example, I can take the output chat GPT created and I can use like a tool called Slides AI and I can create PowerPoint slides in under 15 seconds of the chat GPT. I can also, um, I did this as a little fun little party trick with Michelle, although it needs a little work. Um, I can take recordings of her voice and feed it to another AI tool. And I can feed those things in there and clone her voice. And when I'm playing around with it, probably about 60% of people, it nails. I'm not one of them. Michelle's kind of like so-so. But there's a couple of people where I actually sent them their own voice recording and they thought it was a video they had made from before. I said, no, no. that's me. Like, tell, tell me what you want to say and I'll get you to say it to me. And they were blown away that it was like, it was actually their voice. And so (coughs) we have the ability to take a chat GPT output, turn it into slides, turn it into a video in your voice, and then chop that video up into 20 different things. And so like what used to take you 27 hours and a team of 10 people in under 10 minutes, like I just created 20, 30 brand videos that promote your company in your voice, right? About the things people are trying to find you on. And so most people, even I would say, even in the marketing industry have not figured out what this is. Like if you have a currently an SEO company or a web design company, they're probably playing around with chat GPT. I also have the ability to generate images. So like a lot of you guys are doing like Instagram, things like that. 
Like I can pump out Instagram stuff like every second all day long with these tools. And we've been experimenting with having it write the descriptions and the hashtags. And I'm telling you, like people cannot easily tell. So for those of you guys who are playing the content game, you just got the ability to like 10 or 100x your efficiency at it and be build way more inroads to your to your business so much faster. And for the most part, like most of the help is free. Like we're talking about free tools that anybody can use. Like it's like the, the, the tool I use, like, you know, for chopping up your videos called Opus Pro. Like it's, it's not a Frankie Finn specialty. Like anybody can go there, put their video in and it'll split it up into 10 or 15 like long or short form videos. And so your ability to mass produce authoritarian, like authority content that, that drives people to you. And chances are like a single piece of content is not going to blow anyone away. We mentioned Mike Morse. Mike Morse had one billboard down the highway. Um, like I'm sure it would do something, but the reason why it works is because Mike Morris is on every TV commercial. He's yeah. on every billboard and and we can replicate that effect digitally a thousand times cheaper and a thousand times faster. And so I feel like in many ways, this is going to be bigger than the internet. There's already chat GPT plugins. I was looking at a few of them today. You can uh, install um, a travel plugin. I haven't even played with these yet, but you can have say like, Hey, I'm trying to book a flight from here to here. I'm willing to pay this much to there. Check out the dates and it'll go, Boo! it'll scan all the Google, run all the searches for you wow. and output. This is the optimal day. Do you want us to book it for you? There's an Amazon one where you can tell it, <coughs> you know, I'd like to, to, I'm running out of toilet paper. Can you set it up so that on Monday it auto renews my toilet paper and blah, 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 it comes in. And so what's coming down the line, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but for those of us who are like fooling around with these tools, because like I don't really think anybody, even in my world, the people who call themselves AI experts um, will be the first to tell you we don't actually even know what we're doing with this yet. But I feel like the ability to mass produce stuff for your brand is like, it's almost like a cheat code. And so those are those people who haven't figured that out, who figure it out three, four years later, you're going to be at a massive disadvantage because you're going to be the lawyer trying to compete with Mike Morse, who's already on every billboard, who's already on every bus stop ad, who's already on the radio 27 times an hour. And then you're going to go, hey, that guy's a worse contractor than me. He does crappy work. But at the end of the day, people are going to trust him because he has a mountain of authority content and that's how they found him. And they've heard of him before you know anything happens. So that's like, at least to me, like why I'm so passionate about it. Because um, for those of us who've been doing this, like the efficiency, like we just got is like, like, I, I can't even, I don't even fully understand it myself, but it's, it's, it's going to be a change as big as the internet. Like there's no way it can't not be. Yes. Okay. So super quick, cause you just made this comment um, before we wrap it up, you know, you, you made the comment of don't get behind, you know, if you're starting to use this stuff for years from now, you are going to be way behind and look like a dinosaur. Right. But how do you stay up on the stuff in the first place? It is evolving so fast. I mean, you've been the one that's coached me on some of this new stuff. I mean, we're using Opus on all of our podcasts now, and that's been greatly helpful. And I've used some other tools and actually it was a driving force for changing to Riverside and trying to get a little bit more modern here with some of my thinking. Um, so and I actually feel like I'm a pretty forward thinking person and a pretty forward thinking marketer actually, and have helped others be successful with their marketing, but you're beyond, beyond me. So how do you keep up with AI? How do you know? How do you know? Well, I'll tell you for me, like I didn't, I didn't plan on actually like keeping up with AI. It's, you know, a lot of my friends are also marketers. We talk about like, yeah. you, you know, believe it or not, we talk about you guys all the time and Great. How, how do you guys rank their website and all those kind of things. And, uh, there was a period of like two months where I couldn't go anywhere on my Facebook newsfeed 
without every second post being about chat GPT. So like when that's the case, when you work online, you do a lot on Facebook, it's, it's kind of like impossible to miss in my world. Yeah. In fact, I wasn't even using it. I almost just signed up for it. Like, like, what are these guys even all talking about? Like this, everybody keeps talking about this chat GPT. Like, like I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm kind of old fashioned. Like I still send a lot of stuff by direct mail. I like believe in real relationships and actually connecting with people. I'm like AI is not going to change all this stuff. And then I got in there and fooled around with it. And then the first couple of times you, you see the party trick of like how it can spit out content in 30 seconds. You're like kind of blown away. So the short answer to that is like what I started doing, and, and I think anybody can do this, wherever you're active on social media is whether that's, you know, the Instagram or the Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever your tool of choice is, there are already self-organizing AI communities. Mm -hmm. Just join a few of them and just like, even just 10 minutes a week, just scroll through and, and see what's coming. Because like there, what, what ends up happening for me is like most of this stuff, I just have ears to the ground and hear through the grapevine. Like I'm, I'm very much not the first person using any of this stuff. I just think about like how this could be adapted personally. But like, for example, like how did I find out about all these chat GPT plugins like that you can order flights and you can you know connect it with Amazon? Well, somebody posted hey, did you guys know that they created plugins and this is all the stuff that's coming down the pipeline? So I, I just say like, connect yourself with sources where you can have ears to the pipeline. They're not hard to find. You just go artificial intelligence and then click like communities or groups or whatever and you go or influencers and you'll find like there's lots of people talking about this. And if you just have like a little bit of ears to the ground on that, you'll be so much more ahead of everybody else who's not. And, and I see this like where there were companies that like resisted the internet for like 10 years and then eventually said, all right, yeah. we'll build a website. And then I, I've, I've had to work with companies like that where they go, how do we get to the number one in Google? And like, it can be done, but like you're 10 years behind in a race that you didn't yeah. even know you were running. Right. And yeah. so like, you don't have any reviews, you don't have a website, you don't have any incoming links. Like it can be done, but like, don't expect me to do this in five minutes. Like Mike Morris has been out building you for 10 years now. And now we're trying to play catch up. And so it's the same kind of thing. If you just have ears to the ground, I don't even think you have to necessarily use it. If you just understand what's kind of coming down the pipeline, um, it'll make your life easier because you'll be more able to adapt. And it's it's one of those things that's like, it's evolving so fast tech, technologically that uh, I don't think anybody really even understands where it's headed next. But as, but, it, and I, I probably don't like, just candidly, I don't think it's a good thing for society as a whole. But I think for those of you guys who run businesses and produce content and drive leads to you, like it's it's a game changer. Like for for producers of information and expertise, like it's it's a it's a very beneficial tool. Um, so having said that, like just join some communities and like pay attention a little bit. Like not even um, like ten minutes a week is enough to get the lowdown on, on what the latest and greatest is. Because you'll see, like all of a sudden, just like the whole community, everybody's talking about the latest thing that came out. And if you're part of that community, like you can't miss it. It's like, it's hard to miss it when all of a sudden like 47 people are all la, 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 about something that just came out. And then you start seeing all of the, the teaser videos on your feeds that have the same exact looking captions. That's yeah, exactly. weird. How does that happen? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, Frankie, thank you very much for sharing all of your expertise. Thank you for all of the um, beside, behind the scenes tips you've given me over the last few months that we've been working together. And I look forward to um, chatting with more, chatting with you more in the future. I've talked out. To Appreciate you. it. Thank you so much <laughs> Thanks, for having Frankie. me on. This is always fun hanging with you. It is fun. Thanks. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.